everyone, this is Bavini from Visualize with Bavini and welcome to the 8th episode of the podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking to a number of people who will be sharing their experiences of using dating apps, meeting people face to face and how accessible they find the whole process. We'll also be hearing from someone who will be attending a speed dating event and how that um, took place but also we'll be exploring some of the challenges as people with sight loss may face when it comes to meeting someone, whether it's for friendship, companionship or a relationship and if our ethnicity, our ethnic background has any additional challenges that may present itself. So let's meet our panellists who will be taking part in this podcast. Hi, I'm Saima. I'm 23. I'm currently in the process of studying or well, training to be a teacher. I am in a relationship currently and the plan is to get married at some point this year. Also, I'm completely blind. I have been from birth. My eye condition is Leber's amaurosis. Thank you. Thanks, Saima. Um, Saeed? Hi, my name's Saeed. Uh, I'm from East London. Um, I'm currently uh, separated, um, basically, uh, living by myself. Uh, I I have the ARP condition, retinitis pigmentosa, which was diagnosed at the age of three. Thank you. Jazz? Hi, um, from Leicester. Um, my condition is uh, I'm albinos because of albinos I've got eye condition I just look um, partially sighted. Thank you. Shami? Um, um... Hi there, uh, my name is Shami. Um, I'm from Birmingham. Uh, I've got a condition called uh, Fraser syndrome. Um, I studied at the Royal National College of the Blind in Hereford uh, and now I'm currently looking for work. Great, thank you. Kripali? Hi, I'm Kripali. Um, I live in London. I have a condition called Stargeist. I'm currently single. I'm a qualified science teacher and I'm looking for work as well as a relationship. <laughs> Harry. I'm Harry, known as H. Mag for 15 years in June to Jazz. We are based in Leicester. I've got a condition called keratoconus. Layman's terms is a regular shaping of the cornea surface. Yeah, Had a cornea yeah. transplant in 1998. I was getting married in 1999, but my partner passed away. Then I met Jazz. We've got two kids. Thank you, Harry. Um, Adara? Hi, my name's Adara. I am from London. I am uh, with a long-term partner. Well, I've been with a long-term partner for about eight years. Uh, well, it will be nearly eight years. Um, I'm currently, like most people, looking for work, as I sort of was working last year and am now not. Um, that pretty much sums me up in a nutshell. Thank you. Um and for first-time listeners, I'm Bavini. I also have retinitis pigmentosa. 
lovely to have you all and we are going to be talking about different aspects of finding a partner whether it's for love or for friendship or for companionship so let me start off with you i guess simon actually because you've mentioned that um you're hoping to get married this year how did you meet your partner now it's an interesting one because i actually met my partner on an online dating site but having said that we did actually have some mutual friends so it was it was kind of a reassuring situation because there's always that moment when you meet someone and you think especially when it's on a dating site you know it's always that kind of you're more likely to be a little bit suspicious and a little bit nervous um but he happened to mention friends that we had in common um my partner is also completely blind and you know what they say it's a small world so i suppose it's not really surprising that we did have you know kind of mutual friends in common yeah they just hadn't thought to introduce us which is quite funny <laughs> but um yeah my partner is completely blind um and i will i can tell you now that that has presented some interesting challenges um i can't say they were unexpected but yeah there have been some interesting conversations that have been had because of that because of the fact that you're both vision impaired <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Although I can't imagine, if I'm honest, my family being any more kind of enthusiastic about it if I was fully sighted and he was visually impaired. I think the attitudes would have still been the same. But yes, it doesn't help. If, you, if you're if you blind, they automatically assume that you will end up with someone sighted and they do encourage that and they kind of feed that idea that, you know, it's better, it's better for you to be with someone sighted. Mm. Um, and obviously that, that didn't happen um so it was it was a shock it was something that they just couldn't a lot of people just couldn't get their heads around why you know how it was going to work and also it was kind of like why would you put yourself in that situation and I think in kind of having those conversations and saying all that they they actually forget about the fact that you know you're with the person because of the person they are it's got yeah. nothing to do with the fact that they're blind no. um and you know because they'd say things like why would you put yourself through that and it's like well it's I'm not marrying him because he's blind got nothing to do with that it's it's the person isn't it yeah no absolutely let let's come back to that a little bit later in terms of um the dating app like how was that was that accessible um how how were you able to sort of navigate through it do you know what we we, we laugh about this a lot we actually i was on a few and hilariously we met on the least accessible dating app that i was on <laughs> and he was on and it was funny because we were both on the verge of actually giving up on that one because it was I mean, it was usable, but barely. It was um, not the best. Uh, not one I would personally recommend. Um, I mean, this was, what, almost three years ago, so I don't, I don't know what they've done to it now. Themselves, what they liked, the interests, um, and what, what they wanted, really, and how they wrote. Kripali, so you found a, a potential match using a dating app. How does that work, you know, just for people that may have never used an app before? Um, so I ended up picking the app, which um, gave a little thinking, if you're going to write a profile, you need to write it correctly. Um, so eventually I did find someone to read it, the profile. Um, we spoke on the app for a little bit because you can message on some of the apps. Mm-hmm. I think most of them you can actually. You can just message on the app and get that way. And if you feel comfortable and when you're ready to, you can exchange numbers, which we ended up doing. So, we, you know, we did the whole exchange of numbers, we chatted on message, and then I always like to have a phone conversation at some point because I need to hear someone's voice. 
um, because you never get a proper idea on the pictures because some of us, we, we can't see pictures very well. Yeah. Unless they're like proper pictures. But sometimes some people put some very interesting pictures on. <laughs> so um, in the sense of like, there's just a lot going on in the background yeah. as well as them being there. So you can't really get a proper idea of who they are. Mm. So I always encourage a phone conversation at some point. Um, and it just went from there. We, we enjoyed the conversation on the phone. Um, we decided to meet. And yeah, it just it just went well from there. Um, so yeah, it went fine. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out in the long term of things. Yeah. And when you guys decided to meet, how soon did you kind of inform um, that you had uh, some sort of vision impairment? Or did that never come up in a conversation? So I kind of mention it once they've had a conversation with me mm. on the phone and I would tell them at that point then because it's it's kind of hard for someone sometimes to get to know you for you without already putting arrow in front of them. And sometimes things like that can put barriers in front of other people. They don't mean to, but it's just there. So it's better them to get to know me first, then I'll tell them. If yeah. they choose not to see well, that's their choice at the end of the day, not mine. Yeah, no, exactly. And that to me is well like, well, you know, that's your choice. I'm, I'm not going to make you or whatever. So it, it comes up in conversation when I'm on the phone and when they've got to know me a little bit better. Yeah. Adara, you mentioned um, you've also experienced using an app. Is that how you met your current partner? Yes, I met her on um, Puff. For those who don't know, it's plenty of fish. Um, I will be honest, it's not an easy app to go through because a lot of it is visual and a lot of it is based on visual. Um, and it did, I mean, I, I did actually go for a few weeks before I met her. Um, and like, I do like to get to know the person and talk to that person um and we kind of we sort of we got talking over the app and then we exchanged numbers and then we had a, a phone conversation and i think i remember we, we we did sit there for the best part of nearly about four hours just genuinely talking mm -hmm. um i suppose because we are we're similar backgrounds so we have an understanding um but compiling you know i i i did actually i do i've deleted it now but I do remember on my profile, <clears throat> I did put I was visually impaired. Um, so it did, didn't come up in conversation, but it did come up when we first met and we kind of, it was a bit awkward at first. And I have, and I've, I do remember, I have been on that side, I do remember one particular person I was talking to, she, we were talking, everything was fine until that particular, until the vision impairment subject came up. And she was like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with it. I was like, at the time, I was like, why? But then I thought, do you know what? I'm not really, I'm, I'm not even going to bother. Tell us, it's, it's not mine at the end of the day. I'm not, it's not me that, you know, um, she chooses to do that. That's her business. Yeah. I mean, Harry and Jazz, like, you've been together uh, for a, a quite a number of years. Like, how, how did you guys meet? Well, we met at 
in Leicester, there just this site called Vista. Uh-huh. And we met there on the Friday afternoon, they used to have a young persons group. Yeah. Um, me and Jazz met there, we had a few friends, we used to go out for coffees and everything. Then, one, as I say, one thing led to another, we went out on a date. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, so, if like, Saeed, you've um, shared that you previously were married, you're separated and actually ready to kind of start looking at least now. So from what you've heard right now, whether it's dating, uh, using an app or whether it's, you know, going out well at the moment because of restrictions, it's a little bit difficult. But how does that sound to you? Like, what tips would you want to hear? Well, when I, uh, um, I downloaded a few apps in the past, uh, in the last year or so, and they were just, uh, I just found them totally rubbish. Uh, they were not accessible uh uh, I didn't find them gr- that great. And it's like, as soon as you put VI on there, it's like um, you're not getting a response. And my, I always, in my profile, I always write looking for friendship. And if it leads to something, it leads to something, you know. Um, but yeah, um, I prefer to get to know people more. And uh, I don't know what kind of tip I, I, I would like, but um, I'm not a big um, app guy. I'm not. No. I'm not a big fan of uh, of all these online dating and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, fair enough. Yeah, I prefer to get to know somebody for a while, and if it blossoms into something nice, it can. It it, it all depends, really. Uh, but it's it's really hard because there's not many things that's happening for VI people out there. You know, uh, regarding meeting meeting, uh, you know. Uh, people who who are looking for something as well yeah you know, so I, pe- I i i don't know it's it's a it's a hard it's a quite quite a tough obstacle to uh, overcome really yeah and i guess that sort of heightened it with the pandemic where face-to-face activities or you know things that were going on whether sporting or just for leisure or for pleasure there none and nothing's really happening face-to-face so that kind of adds to that kind of barrier do you think that, I mean, any of you, I mean, do you think we have additional challenges being, you know, vision impaired whilst also coming from an ethnic background, like certain expectations, um, kind of perceptions from our cultural background that perceive that, you know, should people with a disability, in our case, sight loss, um, be married or you know be in a relationship um Simon can I come back to you on that one yeah see there's a lot I can say on this and I'll, I'll try not to kind of you know talk too much um the one thing I will say is um in my last year at uni there was a module that we did and I actually did a whole research paper on this um and I actually went I went and found a load of visually impaired people and had conversations with them about you know, how they met the partners, how they sustained relationships. And really sad kind of pattern that I noticed was when I spoke to people from BME communities, not all of them, obviously, but a sad pattern that emerged was I found that their standards were lower um, in terms of what they would accept from a partner and what they would put up with from a partner. And I think part of that is because, you know, families tell you that you're not going to find someone here. Mm. You know, what? It, you know, so in certain communities, it's suggested that you know we'll just arrange your marriage 
you know Mm. you're not going to find someone here you're going to struggle people aren't going to accept and that's obviously down to their own thinking they assume that the world is like that because they think like that and obviously that's disheartening anyway and then there's the other side of it where people have said well because they've been out of relationships so long they kind of drop their standards and think oh well you know if someone's come along it's almost like if they're willing to accept my visual impairment i should compromise every standard i have and be grateful which is which is a horrible way of looking at it mm. um and it's i i just it was really sad to hear from women who thought that way and and they thought that you know because we're visually impaired we should all compromise our standards and and just kind of get into things and the reason i said to be a me thing is because it's just a trend that i noticed in terms of you know the people i spoke to in the backgrounds that they, that they came from uh, and, and my own personal experience is that you know, just through subtle kind of ways that, you know, family members will speak to you. It's quite clear that their expectations are lower of you. They don't expect you to get married. And if they do, it's, you know, only if they choose, they don't expect you to find someone yourself. Mm. If you do, you know, find someone yourself, they don't trust your judgment because for some reason they seem to think that visual impairment is somehow linked to kind of lack of, you know, knowing yourself. It's like... Whenever people said to me about my partner, you know, he's visually impaired, how are you going to cope? How are you going to do certain things? You know, your independence. And a lot of them honestly didn't have a clue about me or how I lived. And I I, used, I said it as well. Like, you know, a lot of them I said, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm capable of. You don't know what my level of independence is. And you don't know what I need from an actual relationship as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that was quite important to me because... Again, you're saying it based on the fact that you probably wouldn't want to be with a visually impaired person, as sad as it is. You're saying it because you're looking at the fact that, you know, that's how you see the world. You don't even have a visually impaired child. You're just, you don't know me. Um, so, And a lot of the, the comments that I got did come from people like that. And then there were others who came from, I have an uncle and his son's married back home. Uh, so they married back home. Why can't you do it? Why can't you? Why can't you just let us pick for you? Why do you have to be difficult? And it's yeah. thing is, not every single visually impaired person is the same, and I think that's <clears> worth <throat> bearing in mind as well. Absolutely, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Kripali, you shared that you know you had a conversation with your uh, parents just to say that to allow that little bit of trust in you um, to find your own partner. Um, how did that go down? So. To, to be fair, I was really nervous to tell my parents. Well, not my parents, my mom. Um, yeah. I'm quite close with my mom, and I think one day I was, I was just sitting there flicking through different profiles and seeing what I liked, and then I kind of sat there and I kind of asked her hypothetically, "What would you say if I, I went out on a date with someone, or mm. if I was looking for someone?" and my mom is like a person of like very little words. <laughs> she said that's fine, um, and she just then she's asked like, "Well, how are you meeting them? Um, like, where they're from?" I was like, "Well, I'm meeting them here." So I showed her the app. Mm. I showed her some of the profiles. Um, so I, I did share quite a bit with her, and she would give me her honest opinion on on the person if she didn't think that they were right, and she could, and she would just say no. Okay. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. So that's no. <laughs> so yeah, she pretty much said no. And then she would say, yeah. <laughs> so my mom's quite, quite, was not totally involved, but yeah, I could go to her and say to her that, you know, what do you think of this guy? Do you think he, he looks nice or, you know, does he sound interesting or something? But it, 
it depends on your relationship with your parents. I wouldn't have told my dad. Yeah. And my mom agreed not to tell my dad. Because mm-hmm. we both, because my dad's a bit of a stressor. Yeah. Um, so telling a, a dad about his daughter is just not. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even though my dad knows I would be more than capable of looking after myself wherever I go, it's it's just his job to to worry. That's yeah, just the way it is. That's just natural. Yeah. Yeah, but no, talk to the parent you feel most comfortable with. Talk to them. Be open with them. Because you are a grown adult, you are able to make these decisions on your own, and you know it. It just gives them a chance to to be involved in a little bit of your life as well. Yeah, so no, definitely. That and way. and yeah. e- e- even if I think you know, if it's a little bit a bit too hard to speak to your parent, then you know maybe an older sister or brother or an auntie, like you know someone, because I. I I guess it's nice to have that kind of second opinion as well, like, you know, and also for safety reasons, it's nice for them to know, actually, as well, like, you know, where you're going to be. Um, and it's it, and I guess it's good to just talk to someone after, like, you know, how it went. So, Shami, have you had any experience of using any dating apps? I haven't, to be honest, because I, I, had a, I gave it a go uh, a long while ago. I didn't find them very accessible. And plus, you can't really learn much about a person on a message. Yeah? For me, everyone's different. Mm. But for me, it's all about... It's not even about face-to-face. I have to hear the person's voice. I have to speak to them on the phone or, yeah, face-to-face or in person, you know? Yeah. So I haven't really. I mean, in all honesty, I found it very difficult. Yeah, no, fair enough, because it's not for everyone. Um, but you mentioned that you're currently with a partner. How did you guys meet? We met in Yorkshire, in Leeds. We met at a charity event a good couple, a few years ago now. I think it's about four, four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, how we met was um, she was basically in the foyer. And I was just getting out of the taxi coming in, and I needed some assistance. And that's how we actually met, and obviously she assisted me, and we got talking, and we spoke for the rest of the night, chatted, and obviously, because it was at a Bangor event, yeah. so obviously it was, um, there was a bit of dancing going on, so we had a dance as well. So, you know, that's how we our connection with our chat started off, and then we exchanged numbers, exchanged on Facebook, Facebook names, and... We took it from there, really. So was that the first time you both met met each other? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really amazing. <laughs> first time lucky, as I say. <laughs> oh, wow. So that wasn't your intention of getting her to assist you, no. like a pickup line or a move or anything? That like, It just happened to be the uh, case. It kind of was, in a way. It kind of <laughs> was, in a way. Because, um, you know what, I think... Just like sighted people, blind people have to, uh, you know, work their magic as well in their own way. <laughs> Sounds really nice. So in terms of now, and, you know, obviously you, um, she being in Yorkshire, you're in Birmingham, um, how, how are you keeping um, the relationship going, especially now, like, you know, during lockdown and COVID? It's um, so via phone messaging, uh, FaceTime. Well, FaceTime's a bit of a funny one, but for me, it's not for... But it's all over texts and calls, really. I mean, what can we do? Yeah. Um, uh, you know what to say sometimes. You know, these sort of challenges make a relationship stronger. Yeah. Uh, and it makes you miss a person more. 
So when we do eventually see each other, uh, the romance will be the best. Yeah, and it's all about communication at the moment. You know, we're hearing that at the you know because you can't meet people, but it's a good opportunity to actually really talk. You know, because you can't go to the cinema and just watch a film or you know the do something else. For me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a cinema person. I'm more of an active person, so it's all about like doing things, going out there, doing things, meals, and and just like engaging in things. Like the other time we went on a, a boat boat experience on a boat and we stayed over on a boat and it was like a disco thing on a boat oh. uh it was lovely yeah it was really good that sounds really good. I mean, Shami, um, a, there were a number of people um, who wanted to get involved with this podcast but didn't have the confidence to actually come on themselves uh, but have asked me to raise a question or their comments. And one of them is from a gentleman who um, struggles when his friends or when he's with his family, like, you know, his um, cousins or his brothers, when they go to clubs or when they go to pubs or bars and, you know, dimly lit places, he finds it a struggle, a challenge, um, you know, let alone like meeting someone and going up to them. But, you know, you've had those experiences where you found them quite um, the opposite. Like, you know, you've, you've been able to navigate around. Like, what tips could you share for this guy? Um, well, see, for me, I, yeah, I have been able to go to the people, but most of the time they just come to me when I look a bit lost. <laughs> so all I can say to him is, look lost. But no, that's not the genuine tip I could say. I could, all I have to say is, look, all, if he's going to be listening to this, all I can possibly say is, look, you're not on your own, and sometimes you've got to, you've got to put yourself out of your comfort zone, I would say, and just give it a push. Yeah. Um, start small with a small group of people and then obviously um, develop from there really um, I mean I would also say go out with people that might have that confidence that might be able to help him and you know sometimes I say you know, people's uh, confidence rubs off in, on each other and, mm. and, and that always helps doesn't it really yeah. you surround yourself by similar people but sometimes you've got to the main thing is putting yourself out of your comfort zone, just like I had to. I mean, I not it's not relevant to this topic, but I'm sure you'll understand the relevance. Um, I went to India um, two years ago, first time on my own, um, without any sort of support apart from on the plane with the assistance. And that, for me, was putting myself out of my comfort zone. And that is a very difficult thing to do. So you just got to try and put yourself out of your comfort zone and put yourself out of the bubble, really, and get yourself out there. Because if you don't get yourself out there now, then you'll never get out there, to be honest. You'll always be wondering, what if, should I, would I, could I have? I will say one thing, though, um, in regards to it. Okay, it might not always be successful, but don't always let a setback be a setback. That setback should make you stronger as a person to say, how can I make a situation like this or an experience like this better for the long run? So, Harry, you mentioned that you met Jazz at a local sight loss charity uh, peer support group, which is really good. Um, and, you know, you met Jazz uh, and asked her out on a date. 
how was it when you kind of approached her like were you nervous or did you have that confidence in you and you know how did it kind of progress in terms of going out did you you know with both of you um, being vision impaired did you have to kind of um, choose locations to meet that were kind of easy and accessible for you both to get to um, how did it all work um I think I'm myself I'm confident but we used to go on a Friday, we used to be the Friday friends we used to call the group. Then on a Friday evening, we'd all go out in town, meet in a pub, have a few drinks and everything. And we always ended up in McDonald's afterwards. And one night I started talking to Jazz and we went to McDonald's. And then just asked her, do you want to go for a drink sometime on his own? Or a coffee, whatever. Yeah. And he says, yes, why not? <laughs> and we just, it's just that we met with friends. There was... Must have been a group of 20 of us. That used, used to call it the Friday Friends. We used to go out and have a few drinks. And we, we always end up around Jazzy's flat and some nights we cook a meal. Yeah. Around there and all the friends would come round. But my mum was ill at the time, so I, I didn't stop late. I always, about 11 o'clock, I'd go home to see my mum, see if she's all right, whatever. And the first real date, Jazz cooked me an egg curry around a flat. It's so nice you still correct. remember that. A wore a green Punjabi suit. That's really good. You know, a group of friends, you know, mutual um, mm. and sort of easing into it. That's really lovely because I think that's really important because Saeed kind of mentioned that, you know, yeah. there's not much things happening at the moment for people with sight loss, whether it's support groups, activities. And of course, because of the pandemic, there's nothing happening. But when it opens, you know, groups like that are so important, not just for um, meeting people, of course, but, you know, for f developing a friendship and just getting mm -hmm. that confidence in talking to other people. You know, if you've been sheltered or if you've been not had um, that kind of experience of going out, then the peer support groups are actually a good place to actually get your sort of experience in talking to other people getting confident and you never know potentially like you you, you and jazz um can you know meet meet someone new um wow. in terms of um we're also talking about any cultural barriers um both of you you know jazz you're you come from a sikh faith harry yeah. you're english did was there any kind of barriers or kind of um certain perceptions from your any of your families no no with my family no nothing no i only that, that was my birthday h bought me a rose and a chain and when i came home I told my mom, she goes, oh, this is it. And I said, I said, look, this I'm saying. And she asked her name. And uh, then once we, then they said, oh, we want a family meeting. You know, they didn't say, my brother was really pleased me. For the going out and all that, they always used to say, here, I'll drop you and then I'll pick you on time. That's what, that was really helpful. You know, my brother used to yeah. do that if we want to go far. And yeah, uh, yeah my family then met her. We went to all the introduced age. To Indigo. I must have made a good yeah. impression there, Bavina, because like I it. used to be the meet, meet and two veg person. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> typical English Algoras, we call it. <laughs> right. And then it come down to it, yeah. the brother says, Oh, we'll order something for you. Yeah. Unknown to me, it was chili, uh, chili paneer, something like that, some chili or whatever. Uh huh. Bravado, I just yeah. dug into it, loved it. And every five or ten minutes, you have to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say no more. <laughs>
I've been made welcome from day one. Yeah. You know, Jessie's mum's got health problems, but when I first went round, she just disappeared in the kitchen. I'm thinking, what's happening here? I'll be offended off. But then she'd come out with a old masala and masala chai and pakoras or do me parents or whatever, and it used to be straight away. Same thing with his mom's. When I ever used to go, she always treated me really nice, you know. Um, she used to always, she never thought, let me think like, oh, I am, I got like albinos or uh, eyesight problems. She always said, no, more. she goes, nothing wrong with you. They never treat me, you know. Mm. Like this. Yeah. And then he proposed to me on Christmas Day. That was, you know, oh. because uh, for Christmas, I went to his house, his mom's house. One day, he just gave a bag, and uh, he goes, oh, this is your present. And he goes, take it. And he keeps thinking, and then, under, then I picked, the, like, a small box. And I go, what is it? He goes, you open yourself. And I open <laughs> it, I was shocked. And then his sister goes, no, you don't have to do it. You have to do proper way. You have to ask, you know. I had to get down on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I was so happy. I told my parents, uh, no, no, my mom. And my sister and brother, when they came in the evening to pick me up, my sister-in-law had a tear. She goes, I'm really happy to you. You know, at least you found someone, you know, yeah, yeah, that you are settling down. Because we were going on, like, out, you know, but I wanted to settle down. You know, in Indian culture, you can't carry on going, you know, yeah. out without... Like, are you 100% sure that we're going to get married, you yes, know? Yeah, so absolutely. I was telling it, I said, you need to do, I don't want open relationship. I want to settle down. I want to know 100% are we going to, you know? Yeah. Have right. we got future together? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. a year later. Yeah. year or two later. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. Don't try and be mm. what you're not. At the end of the day, that person, if you intend to spend the rest of your life with them, they're going to find the lies in the end. It's You've yeah. got to be 100% yourself. You've got to, have, got, to, got to bear all your blemishes and whatever. You've got to be honest with them. No, absolutely. If you're going to spend, you know, if it's a long-term relationship, eventually, yeah. you know, you can't put on a pretense for the rest of your life. So absolutely. Even that. like wedding as well, we did like half-half. Like we thought... Then his mom, because his mom and auntie couldn't sit any of that, so we thought, oh, or we don't have Punjabi wedding. We do a register wedding, English, and then we do Indian, like, Punjabi reception. So that's what we did in the evening. So I wore daytime, like, the Indian, you know, uh, bride's dress, and in the evening I wore the Indian, or, like, you know. So it was nice. Yeah. I didn't check the calendar properly, because... The year we got married was 2006, and it was a World Cup year. Yeah. And on that Saturday, who was playing at night, 7 o'clock at night? England. So it cost me more, cost me more money to hire a tennis so everybody could watch football. So, Saeed, um, coming back to you, you've just attended a speed dating event. Now, for anyone listening that may not know how that works, what was involved? Like, how, how did it work? Well, basically, what happened was when we got into the um, Zoom link, um, obviously, we, we entered, uh, got admitted into the room, uh, into the Zoom room, and basically, everyone was just giving out their names and uh, introducing uh, themselves to one another, just to feel a bit comfortable. Mm. Um, 
few name games were played, um, and then basically what happened was um, they have they had fifteen rooms, and um, each time um, the person who's doing the actual um, Zoom thing, they'll basically put you into a breakout room with uh, uh, you know one guy, one 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 girl, mm-hmm. and basically you talk, and then um, it lasts for about five minutes. You just ask quite basic questions really mm-hmm. about your hobbies or interests and you know your situation mm-hmm. and then basically after five minutes you, you uh, after the countdown finishes uh, after five minutes you come back into the lobby and then you go back in again and that, that uh, when you go back in you you basically put down room two who you spoke to and what um you you put your preference down like as in a was for friendship uh B was for fancy, and C was for no, no, don't want to know. Right, that, okay. And then you basically put your kind of like scores down what you think of that person. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it just, it just sort of like rotates round. But it was fun. It's I think it's good to meet a lot of great people. Yeah. But like I went on there not 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 for anything uh, like. Not, not for a relationship. I went on there for friendship, really, to find new friends and just, just chat, really. And I also I, I also think with that situation, it's like if you have a friendship uh, and if it if they turn out to be nice people and, you know, it can blossom, you know. Uh, so it, it was quite nice just meeting new new people, really. It was quite fun. Yeah, no, it sounds really good. And, you know, a new way of actually, like, you know, especially during lockdown as well like meeting new people, uh, going without any expectations and just having a really fun time. Uh, it certainly sounds fun. Would you attend something like that again? I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because no. I, 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 I thought it, it was a good couple of hours spent, well well spent. And um, you just get to meet new, make new friends, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing how you found the speed dating event for visually impaired people. And, you know, it sounds like it went really well. And, and I guess, you know, if it happens again, um, you know, we can help promote it and ensure that other people are aware of it and um, they they too can attend. In in terms of, like, accessibility, do you think it was, um, you know, manageable? Um... I found it okay. I think some people said it was quite difficult because what it was, they were using phones, uh, like uh, landlines. Oh, right. And, yeah. um, they had to dial in and um, I don't know what their problem was, so I can't really answer that. But for, uh, accessible-wise, I didn't find any problem using my iPhone g- g- going into the actual event itself. Yeah. Kripali, thank you so much uh, for taking part in this podcast. Do you have any last comments you would like to share? Um, so I, I would say even if someone does show an interest and you have the same interest in them and they, they, they change their mind because you shared that little bit of information about yourself, about you being visually impaired, don't be disheartened. Um, so one of the experiences I had was I was speaking to a, to be fair, he was a really nice guy. I, I liked him a lot and I knew he liked me a lot. And we spoke for a number of weeks and um, at that, after maybe about a week, I did tell him about my vision impairment and he didn't think much of it then. But then after a week or so, he wanted to know a little bit more. Mm. 
so he he kind of asked well like how much can you see like what can you see so I explained this to him in the sense that I I said it's like it's like seeing uh, an interview of a person who doesn't want to be identified and then being blurred out yeah so you can't see their facial features very well you can't um, make out who they are you just know they're there and that's the best way I can actually explain it to anybody and after I explained it I think he he took it quite badly so we spoke for a minute or two and then he left so we ended the conversation Mm -hmm. and then a few days later I messaged and I pretty much got ghosted so he just didn't reply at all he didn't reply to a message or a phone call or anything so it it will happen and it's gonna sting a little but don't don't stop because there are guys who just don't care if you are visually impaired or you have you know extra package it you know there are guys who just just genuinely want to know you or yeah. you yeah so just don't stop looking just because one person decides not to want to know you yeah and like they say there's plenty of fish in the sea (laughs) sometimes too many (laughs) yeah you just gotta find the right one for you and it will happen it will happen one day um at the right times Saima if I may just ask you one last question so another question came in um it's from a female who has never really had a relationship and She's always been told by her family and her friends that, you know, you are vision impaired, you're blind. There's no one that's probably want to get married to you. So she's not even been allowed to meet anyone. She's not even, you know, when she go, she says that when she goes to weddings or cultural events, um, she's just sat in a corner and one day she would like to meet someone but has no idea of how to even start. What do you say to that? Oh, it's so sad because I can think off the top of my head of three people I know who have been in that situation, all three of them. Mm. Well, one of them got married in her 40s. The other two are in their 40s and they've never met a single person, never been in a relationship. And you know what the sad thing about it is? I sometimes think that could have easily been me if Mm. I hadn't taken the initiative, taken the decision to start online dating. If I hadn't started my dating, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm not just talking about the current relationship I'm in. I'm talking about the experiences I've had, the good and the bad, the emotional roller coasters. I mean, okay, anyone who says to you that online dating is an easy easy ride is either lying or looking for something very, very casual. Because you've got to have a lot of emotional resilience, which I had to build up. I am not the person I was when I started online dating. Definitely not. And in terms of meeting people, I mean, that's what I did. Because if I hadn't taken that step, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had an experience of relationships. And the thing is, I mean, we go back to standards and values. Really, you only know what you want when you've had the experience of talking and, you know, talking to people and seeing the, you know, for want of a better word, seeing the negatives that are out there. You know, all the bad experiences I had, I'm not saying all of them are terrible, but, you know, all the things that I soaring guys that I didn't like obviously that shapes what you're looking for because sometimes you think you want a certain thing but you don't know that until you get out there and speak to people and really when it comes to relationships long-term relationships and marriage you can't 
it's impractical to try and make those decisions if you haven't had any context and you haven't had the bad as well that you learn from yeah um it's a it's a tricky one because I know how difficult families can be when I took the step I didn't really ask permission I didn't go behind people's backs mm. um, you know I told my mum she knew and her initial response was I'm not you know I'm not thrilled but what can I do and she said it herself she said it's not like we have anyone lined up but it's not like we know anyone who would consider you as a partner which was a horrible thing to say but it was her being honest mm. you know it was her saying I'm not confident that I'll be able to find someone for you or I will be able to introduce you to people because all the people I know wouldn't, you know, be interested in you. And I, it hurt, but like I said, it was it was honesty. What, what, what can I say? She was just being honest. Yeah. So she knew about it. But the thing is, I didn't ask permission. I just said, Mum, this is what I've done. This is why I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Because my friends were in relationships and they'd met people and you, you feel it. You know, you reach a certain age and... You want that. And why shouldn't you have that? For the sake of companionship, for the sake of, you know, all the other things that people get. You want that. Every situation's different. Everyone's family dynamic is different. You know, and that's what I did. I took the leap. I, you know, started online dating. And there's a lot of advice I can give on that. And there's a lot I can talk about when it comes to that. It was hard, but I don't have any regrets because I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't done it. A huge well done to everyone who took part in this podcast. You all shared so openly and honestly about your own personal experiences. Confidence has come up time and time again, as well as the role that peer support groups play a part in this. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe to my monthly podcast, as well as liking and subscribing share with your friends and we'll be back next month with a different topic. Bye for now.